As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Thank you so much for 10K on Gmail. I can't believe it. I always told myself that I would change, become a healthier, better person, unsubscribe from Domino's, but... Um, I think the lesson here is don't change for anybody, even yourself. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, October 20th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me today, we have the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. (laughs) We got the man making the magic happen, J.D. Hello. There he is. And today, filling in for both Tass and Trey, which as we all know, are some wide-ass Birkenstocks and some shockingly small camouflaged Crocs to fill. It's our guest, who is an NBA.com senior writer and a regular No Dunk stream team member and the creator of the hashtag WellActually movement. It's John Schumann. <laughs> Schumann, what's up, man? Fellas, what's going on? Appreciate Shout out you to doing. the uh, stream team. Yeah, so you are, uh, you are that's, that, that's for sure. You're in the stream team once in a while, are you? Yeah, you know, it works out every once in a while where I'm sitting at my desk and y'all are going live and I happen to be available to uh, listen in and, and maybe contribute some tasty puns in the in the chat. So it <laughs> and works. Some, and some hashtag well actuallys, of course. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah sure. you've got, you got to keep us honest. We appreciate you jumping <laughs> on here, Shu. We're actually going to get into an article that you just wrote for NBA.com um, on the 10 most intriguing free agents ahead of next season. So that's going to be fun bunch of questions about your list and some of the guys on it maybe some of the guys missing from it but before we get to that i can't remember i know we haven't had you on no dunks officially it feels like your name is name dropped every 10 minutes on this damn podcast but this is the first time you're officially on no dunks so for those that maybe don't know you or how you got into writing like how long have you been writing now for nba.com because i know it's been a minute 15 years. So I started in 2005. When I started, I was actually an MBA employee. Um, And then in 2008 is when we went to to Turner. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so 15 years. Uh, 2005, 06 was my first season. My first finals was 05, 06 was the heat. So we were staying on the beach and it was wonderful and then in dallas we had this hotel with a gym like 
next to the office. So we played basketball every day and it was the best finals ever. And <laughs> things have got progress- progressively worse since then. Right. To, the point, to the point where I was covering the finals without actually being there this year. So. Was that the first time? You know what? I did not. I was not at the 2010 finals. Okay. Um, we had a big staff at that point and I was the one who stayed at home. But uh, yeah, so I've yeah, been to everyone except 2010 and, and this year, obviously. What were you What were you doing before you were writing for NBA.com? Like, how did you get into that? Oh I guess, boy, it? uh, it's a long story. I went to school for architecture, worked at a couple different architecture firms for the first six or seven years at a school, at a college. Um, a friend of mine at the time was working for a, vi- but I'll say this: as I was working as an arch in architecture firms, I realized that it wasn't necessarily for me, so I started mm-hmm. dabbling in internet stuff mm-hmm. uh both design and coding or whatever um and uh, a friend of mine at the time uh worked for a video game company so i went there shout out to rockstar games wow um, really yeah i worked in the web department at rockstar games for about a year okay uh worked on the uh Website Are you a secret for... character in GTA? Can we find you? <laughs> no, in oh, no. I'm in the. Uh, if you go in San Andreas, though, I'm in the uh, in the book, like you know, in the like as as part of the the staff or whatever. Oh, okay. So well, that's pretty cool. I worked on the websites for San Andreas and uh, Midnight Club Three. I think it was. Okay. Uh, it was a racing game, which was a lot of fun, and then a couple other. Um, you know, smaller games or whatever. So I worked there for about a year in the web department, basically doing web stuff. And at the same time I was doing off to the side, I was, I created a site called Nets Daily. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, basically, you? yeah, yeah wow. basically to uh, practice or, or basically, yeah, to work on my internet skills. I like ah. doing like uh database, you know, PHP and, I guess at MySQL, like that kind of stuff to figure yep. out how to how to take a database and put it on the on the web, basically, and and started writing or doing stuff there. The nets themselves like had me do like a freelance column for them, like once a week, um, for which I was only given tickets. Uh, so I was were doing you that a, on the side. Were you side. a Nets fan, Shu? Like yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So yeah, so. Um, my brother was a huge. I was a Bulls fan from 1984 to 1998. Okay, those years exactly, and you can figure out why. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my brother was a big Nets fan, um, and he uh, he passed away unfortunately in '96. I think it was yes, '96. Wow. And um, you know he he like my last memories of him are just sitting around watching Nets games, you know, the days of uh, Rex Walters and Kenny Anderson and Chris Morris, that group. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so when the Nets became good, sort of in the post-Bulls world, then uh, I became a, a Nets fan with the kid and Kmart and Richard Jefferson and, and that group. Um, so going to games, you know, I'm a Jersey guy through and through. Um, did Nets Daily, and then uh, that's I guess it was 2005. The NBA.com job opened up. I interviewed with my man Rob Peterson. Shout out oh, to yeah. Rob Peterson, yep. athletic uh, editor. Yep. Um, 
got that job. So wow, yeah, yeah. it's a uh, yeah. It, I I wouldn't uh I, I I don't I wouldn't ask anybody to repeat that path to uh, <laughs> really to MBA I don't know. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, dabble in architecture, then yeah. get into video games, and start your own site, and then you work for MBA.com. No, it's, I almost, it's almost George uh, Costanza. You know, you're trying to be an architect, and then you just land a job in the NBA. It's like you know with the Nets, yeah, Costanza um, with the Yankees, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I had I had an epiphany in my second architecture job. And uh, I, I was a drafts person, basically. You know, I wasn't an art, a real architect. And one guy was, I had to do this wall section, which is basically, you know, the details of, of how a wall is put together. And one of the architects was explaining it to me. And I just thought, I was like, man, this dude cares about this crap a lot more than I do. <laughs> and I was like, so that was my epiphany. Like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. And for Fortunately, my friend rescued me and got to do video games for a little while. Yeah, but then the funny part about that is years later, I'm sure someone at a party is going, wow, this Schumann guy cares about Todd McCullough <laughs> way more than I do. That's true. a creepy, uh, yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pinball wizard, Todd McCullough. Uh, uh, that's amazing. Sorry, go ahead, Lee. Yeah, no, you, it, like you're pretty well known within the NBA community, the players and coaches and everyone. When was the first sort of big name or big moment where someone – Talk to you about an article you've written about or ask for more information or something like that. When was the moment you're like, oh, wow, people are reading this stuff? Oh, that's a good question. I guess I get more stuff like that from coaches than players. And so right. there'll be a, you know, every once in a while, like I remember first time talking to Terry Stotts. This wasn't all that long ago. I said, hey, I'm John Schumann. He's like, I know who you are. I was like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was like, all right, thanks. That's, that's, you know, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, from my very first year, though, I had I uh, I remember the first time Chris Paul came to New Jersey, and he was a rookie at the time too. So my first year writing was his rookie year, and I interviewed him at the time, and like I remember you know him later at All Star or whatever, him telling me that like oh his dad, he you know told him that I wrote something about him or something like that. So I was like, oh, you know, that's that's kind of cool that, like, you know, uh, I was like, all right, maybe I got to watch what I'm... <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Mind my P's and Q's. But no, I, I mean, you know me. Like, I, I just follow the numbers, basically, when I'm writing. So yeah. I... If if somebody has an issue with what I wrote, just say, "Hey, it's the numbers that don't like you, not not me." <laughs> and that's where Will actually began, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. That's awesome. Okay, that's cool. I'm glad we asked that because uh, I knew a little bit about that bit about your uh, backstory, but not the rock stars part. So that's pretty uh, pretty neat for some of the new listeners, I'm sure, or people that follow your work on NBA.com. So yeah, in fact, over the uh, hiatus, I tried to get back into San Andreas and try to finish it. I, and now maybe I'll get back. In. I didn't. It didn't even come close. So no. I will. I'm I'm going back. Uh, are Are you a big video game guy? No, no. I still. Not at all. My, I mean, I have a PS2, and that's the the, the most recent. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I have a PS3, and I thought that was pretty late. Yeah, I have a PS2, and I have San Andreas and Midnight Club, and and some NBA games, and that's about it. Okay, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get into a little NBA talk here. Again, the uh, article that you recently wrote. 10 most intriguing free agents ahead of the 2020-21 season. I was going to hashtag well actually you on that title right there. 2020-21. Can't we just go 21? I mean, do we got to put the 20 in because of the draft? What do you think? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I guess. I mean, but I, I don't write the uh, headline, you know. Oh. You know, I'm the writer, not the, I'm not the headline writer. He's passing the buck. Who's writing yeah. that headline? Who's, yeah. who's got that one? Uh, 
Good question. It might be Hartzell or oh. you know, yeah, one of those dudes. Oh, awesome. All right. Well, anyway, it's a great article. I love all your work at NBA.com. Um, and we're going to, again, like go through it. we got a bunch of questions about it. I thought we could start with a guy that wasn't on the list, and you pointed this out right from the jump. Um, you excluded Anthony Davis because, you know, we know he's he's opting out. He says he's signing with the Lakers. He's not going anywhere. So he's not really going to be a free agent, even though if technically I guess he is. What type of contract do you think he uh, ultimately signed? It's something we debated on the show, uh, I guess, last week. I think it's fairly similar. I mean, he obviously gets the max, but he's eight years in. So I would think that he would give himself uh, the opportunity to sign a new contract when he's 10 years in, and then yep. he can get the 35% of the uh max i mean Mm -hmm. i'm just get. i mean i have no information on that but that just seems logical so i would think it's a a three-year deal with uh an option in the third year to allow him to become a free agent in 2022 and then therefore he can get a new contract after 10 years and and then get the 35 percent of the cap uh, max yeah. at that point i think that does make sense too and it's like a good balance i would say too lily we talked about it like he is an injury-prone guy. In fact, John Schumann, of all people, I would always remember you would tweet out like a running <laughs> list every time Anthony Davis like got like a little new injury. You had like a crazy list going of all the body parts he's hurt. It was bizarre, just like, and it's all like five games here, yeah. one game there, and it's and it was yeah. I have to go back and and find that and see if I can uh, <laughs> update it. It's yeah, been a couple, it's been a year at least since the last time I I put that out there. Well, I guess, I guess this year was probably his healthiest year, maybe as as a pro. Um, off the top of my head, I mean, I don't remember him missing too Gosh. many games. I know he got. I did. I, I think just before the shutdown, he missed a couple, but that was mm-hmm. more out of precaution. Uh, but yeah, and and a lot of those injuries were a lot of sort of muscle strains and and groins and hamstrings and things like that, weren't they? Is that right? Well, yeah. I mean, that's like Shu said too. Yeah. It's always like these weird little sort of like. You know, I want to call them sort of minor injuries. He just yeah. picks up a lot of them over his career. And that's what I was going to say. It was a ni- this is a nice balance. I'm with you, Shu, the two plus one. Because it's like, again, for a guy that does get injured a lot, um, you know, it's still a couple of years of max money. I mean, you're locked in. Heaven forbid something drastic were to happen to him. But then you also have that idea to uh, get to that super max uh, 35% when you can. So that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's fairly simple. And he played 62 of 71 in the regular season this year. Lee after well the year before was as much about his uh yeah he force, sat forcing out. him yeah forcing yeah. him mm-hmm. his way out of New Orleans than than injuries mm. so okay well let's get to the list at number one maybe a little shocking maybe for some people I don't know Raptors guard Fred Van Vliet so what makes um FVV the most intriguing free agent to you Shu uh that's a good question I don't necessarily like I, even looking back at it, I was like, I really see number one. Like, I, I'm still not 100. Like, but I think it says a lot about this free agent class in itself that it's yes. it, in 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 total, it's not all that intriguing, and that the trade market may be more interesting than the free agent market this uh, this off season. I keep wanting to say this summer, but we're already past the summer. Um, but Van Vliet, I mean, he's a starter on a championship contender, and um, you know. Uh, Dragic is is similar in that way, but Van Vliet's like eight years younger than Dragic, um, and he's intriguing in that he's he's sort of you know he's done the whole bet on himself thing twice already in his career, and and now is his chance to uh, to cash in. Um, like I said, he's a, a on a title contender. If 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 he leaves, that obviously um, 
hurts the Raptors quite a bit. Um, he's, you know, uh, he's, I think he's an impact player on both ends of the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just found like of the group, you know, there's, you know, Brandon Ingram is a better player, but there's less intrigue with him because, um, you know, it seems doubtful that the, the Pelicans would, would let him walk. Right. Him being restricted. Yeah. And Van Vliet, like, let's talk about some of the rumors that we've heard. Knicks possibly interested. Pistons possibly interested. Two teams that are like desperately need a competent point guard guard to like run things and to set a culture a little bit um i saw stefan bondi i think it was of new york daily news he's thinking malcolm brogdon's contract uh with the pacers could be a barometer of what van vliet could expect so that's you know a four-year 85 million i think brogdon was does that sound like something you would expect van vliet to get you know that 20 plus uh million per year uh, either from of course the raptors or another team yeah that sounds right i yeah. think that's a good yeah, it was yeah four eighty five four eighty five over four was was yeah. Brogdon. I was looking back uh, at the last couple of years of restricted free agency just uh, for the Ingram question, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah eighty five over four. That sounds right. Um, yeah, and it you know it's the Knicks. It's kind of interesting because he doesn't he doesn't match necessarily the timeline of a Barrett and whoever they get in the draft right. this year and Robinson. Um, Detroit makes a little bit more sense um, if they still believe that Blake Griffin is is uh, you know worth keeping around or you know is is the centerpiece for for that team for the next two years. So I'll be fast. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm curious. I'm, I I have no idea. I don't know how uh, loyal he is to Toronto. Hmm. How how much he would want to play for Dwayne Casey again. How much you would want to live in New York? Like I don't know those factors, so I, sure. I, I'm, uh, it'll be interesting to see. How, how much do you think the Raptors would be prepared to overpay? Maybe just to just to keep him. Do you think he can get you know 100 million out of four years? No, well, no, because they if they really care about uh, cap space next year um, in 2021, then they've got to there's got to be a, a a limit to what they can pay uh, Van Vliet. Obviously, Lowry comes off the books, um, but still, we, uh, it, you know, I imagine there's going to be some sort of salary cap smoothing or something. You know, I, I, I'm not well versed in the in the cap necessarily as far as what it's going to be in in uh, 2021. But they've mm-hmm. got there's there's a limit to how much they can spend if they really want to uh, go shopping uh, next, next year. Yeah. yeah. Well, that yeah, the 2021 offseason sort of looms over this entire list, right? Like with yeah. some of these teams' decisions, Dragic is another good example of a lot of these guys of like, yeah, how much do you really want to go all in on one of these guys on your list or someone not there, um, but then possibly, you know, screw yourself or a chance at a big, big name in 2021? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Antetokounmpo is the big one, and he—I mm-hmm. mean—he could put that to rest by signing an extension. It's true, um, but then there's a bunch of guys, and then the other thing is there's a bunch of a bunch of the good free agents in 2021 are guys coming off their rookie deals, and then they could sign. And those guys are ex- eligible for extensions this summer too. So, the 2021 free agency class or class could dry up a little bit before we. Uh, before we get there true that's that's another factor lee i'll ask you this van vliet and then and then sure you can chime in as well 
Anyone concerned about Van Vliet as like a $20 million plus player? You know, at, at, the, at the age he is, I mean, he's not like 21 or 22 or something like that, you know, um, or, or no concern at all because like Shu said, he brings it on both ends. You know what you're getting. He was like basically an 18 point per game score on a really, really good team in Toronto. But like, are you worried at all? If you're, let's say you're the Knicks or the, or the Pistons and you're like, here's 22 million a year, go nuts. Not, not really for me. I, I think he's worth it. I think he's earned that money because he's a pretty stable player. He contributes on both ends. He's going to have those bigger moments every now and again where he has the, the huge game, mm-hmm. but he's also not afraid to step up uh, when the team needs it. So I, I think if you get a two-way player, even if he's not the sort of superstar point guard, he's just a reliable veteran who's going to continue to improve, and you can trust him late in games as well. Mm-hmm. I think he's worth it. That's what the market is as well these days. I mean, you're going to have to pay to get someone like that. And so for the Raptors, that's why I asked about if they may have to overpay because I think he's a very important part of the team, even if he's not at that level of where maybe Kyle Lowry was at his best. I think he's just so critical to what they do. And I think that's why Masai really probably does want to keep him, even if it does cost him a few extra bucks and figure out next season, next season. Uh, you know, I know Pascal's, his huge extension is kicking in as well, but... Um, I just don't. I wouldn't want to let that guy go for nothing because that's what the Raptors are also facing at the moment. I think mm-hmm. it's better to keep him as as an asset. And if he doesn't quite live up to it, I think it's still tradable. That contract. It's not one of those just gigantic contracts that it, it is a bit of an albatross. It is still twenty million dollar contracts these days are pretty easy to trade. So if, if I'm the Raptors, I certainly invest in that risk because I think he's worth it anyway. And if he's not, I think you can. Uh, I think you can move on from him pretty easily. Yeah. yeah what do you think, Shu? I do think that it's possible that he's more valuable on a really good team mm. that is a uh, more of an ensemble cast. Like he is a he is a, 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 a important cog on a a really good ensemble. Then like he's more valuable in that situation than maybe he would be in New York as the best player on the team. Like, I 100%, and, and if, agree. If 100% put him, agree with that. If you put him on the Knicks roster right now, he's their best player, clearly. Like, and, yeah. okay, he's 6'1", let's remember. <laughs> like, he's not creating his own shot. When he drives, he's looking to pass. He's yep. not a good finisher at the rim. Um, he's obviously a, a great defender, but he's a great defender in what is, you know, what is the best, uh, you know, group of defenders in the league right now and so he's not a a guy you you latch on to the 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 opponent's best player unless that opponent's best player is a point guard um so he's not like he's not guarding the Kawhis and the lebrons of the world he's right. guarding but he did guard know, guarding steph curry Wal- he did guard True. steph curry yeah. pretty well steph curry and kemba walker yeah you put yeah, him yeah. on on those two guys but you don't put him on the bigger no. the big wings of the of the of the nba so like yeah, there's definitely uh, um, it, he's so val- he's really valuable in his role with the Raptors. Like I said, I don't I wouldn't want him to be the the best player I mean, as much as I love him. Believe me, I live vicariously through Fred Van Vliet, <laughs> his twin brother Chris Chioza, yeah. and their and their Puerto Rican cousin JJ Barea. Those are the three guys that I live vicariously. That's through. That's because you play like all three of those. Guys. I love those and 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 we might you know. JJ's playing days might be might be over. You know, uh, uh, Chioza I think is going to stick around as a, a third string point guard. And believe me, I want to see Fred Van Vliet have a ton of. But I don't want him to be the best player on my on my I team. I 
I think that's spot on. That's why the Brogdon comparison makes a lot of sense. Not even just what the potential contract is that Bondi's throwing out there, or how it could be comparable. It, it's that idea of like, I love Malcolm Brogdon. Hell yeah, I would want him on my team. But there's no way I want him to be the best player on the roster. Just like Van Vliet. Like, you imagine if the Knicks do throw crazy money at him. It's 25 plus per year, and he's the best player. And it's like, now you, like I feel like the Knicks fans would be like, all right, Van Vliet, you got to average like 27 <laughs> per game. You know, it's like not fair. It's like, no, no, that's not what he should be doing. Um, but hopefully it's more of like a $20 million contract. If it's him, I hope he stays with the Raptors too. But yeah, because he's he's got to be a piece. He can't be the man. Um, but you know, you can get into that situation when you paid over $25 million, then you're looked at as the man. It's like a Vucevic type thing. It's like, are you the man? All right, go to town. But it's like, ah, that's not, he's not best suited for that, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, I mean, heck, go to game seven, the end of game seven against the Celtics. Uh, was Who had fouled out? Had Lowry fouled out? Is that mm-hmm. right? Lowry had, I think, yep. yeah. Yeah, and so it was like, all right, Fred, you know, get us a three, and he couldn't do, you know, oh. he couldn't do it. Um, and so, I mean, that, I mean, just saying, like, he's not going to create a ton of stuff for himself. You know, he's, he's going to, you know, uh, be a... a make shots in an offense that that moves the ball and and finds the open man for sure looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers. I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, no fools at security who still don't know that, yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mack Weldon, though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air-knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak Polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS.
Well, let's keep it going here. Uh, you wrote, you're talking about Ingram, uh, number two on your list, restricted, of course. You said in that article, um, it will be interesting to see what the final price tag is for him. Because, like, I'm with you. He's likely not going anywhere. But what type of deal does B.I. sign? Um, best guess, Shu, at ultimately what David Griffin, David Griffin tries to lock him up for? It's got to be north of $20 million a year. I was looking back. Two years ago, Levine and Aaron Gordon both signed four-year deals, one for 78, one for 76, and their numbers weren't nearly as good no. as Ing- Ingram's right. the year before. So that's... Uh, so it's got to be north of 20. Uh, I don't think it's a max, which would start at like 28, 28 and a okay. half or something like that. I, I can't imagine it's that. Um, so so I split the difference type thing? 23 something, 23 right. a year. And then for however many years. Um, I, and I, and I, I, but like, I don't know the, if he's a great fit next to Zion Williamson long-term. Right, that's, right. that's my... Me and my hesitation. I mean, I I distinctly remember a game. I wish I remembered which one it was, but I was watching where it was like five minutes into the game and Zion had touched the ball once. Like, mm-hmm. it, and it was one of these catch and give it right back to somebody touches too. So he had, he had the ball for like three seconds through the first five minutes and there's seven minutes to go in the first quarter and, and Ingram just dribbles the ball up the floor and shoots a pull-up mid-range jumper with like 18 on the shot clock. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. like this dude... I don't know. Like he's really talented. I mean, his 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 jumper is incredibly improved. That's where the improvement came from him this year. But just I don't know if he's gonna sort of swallow too many possessions uh, when he's on the floor with Williams uh, with Williamson, like and and not uh, necessarily making the most of of uh, Zion Williamson when they're on the floor together. Yeah, he's a really interesting one to me because his people are going to be expecting a max, I think, considering the improvement that he showed this season. He's young. And they were also upset that that David Griffin didn't extend him last season when he could have. So if they come in with 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 what they consider a low ball offer, it'll be interesting to see what happens because I think they still take it in the end. But I I, I also don't think he's a great fit with Zion there. And I wonder about his long-term future in New Orleans, but I think for Griffin and the Pelicans, they have to lock him up at least now as as, as an asset, even though he's restricted. Obviously, he he can't. They're not going to let him go for free. But uh, it's going to be so interesting to me to see just how those negotiations go, because you know, MV uh, most improved player, All Star. Clearly, his game improved. You know, across the board, everywhere. Even his playmaking got a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So all those factors considered, and, and again, for a young guy, his team, I think, are going to be expecting the the max. I think they just are. And, um, you know, I mean, Griffin, I don't think, is going to want to pay him the max. But I, where they fall and how they get to that point, I think, is going to be very, very interesting. He's only 23. Yeah. Um, no, that's he's young. And it feels like he's been around for forever. He's only 23. Um, but the Pelicans have, like, a lot of different directions they can go with uh, holiday, you know, a, a possible holiday trade. Um, even just when you think about Derek Favors, like he was an important role player for them. They played well when he was on the floor. Um, they played well when he was on the floor with Williamson. Um, and he's only he's they, only twenty eight, yeah. as you said. Yeah, too. yeah, he, yeah but he, he, and he's unrestricted. <laughs> so, like, would they bring him back, or do they just turn over the center, center position to Jackson Hayes? Um, they have a lot of different ways they can go. Um, 
with with Ingram being a restricted free agent, I guess there's some maybe sign and trade possibilities with mm-hmm. teams that have cap space, I guess. But um, you got to figure out well what's in it for New Orleans in that regard too. So um, I'm, I'm so there. Yeah, there's intrigue, I guess, in, in in regard to both the price tag and you know how what they really feel about the the long term fit. Right. They don't have a coach yet either, right? (laughs) I mean, I keep forgetting that. There's been so much movement recently that I'm like, who has a coach now? Who doesn't? Where is Doc again? You know, D'Antoni is, where is he? Like, yeah, the Pelicans, I don't think, as of recording this with Shu here this morning uh, on Tuesday, October 20th, they don't have one yet. Um, And yeah. I mean, I'm sure any coach that comes in there is gonna be like, "Yeah, we can make. I can make this work." Yeah. Oh, 23 year old scorer in Ingram, and we got Zion and all these pieces. Yeah, I'll make it work. Like, they're not gonna say nope. <laughs> um, maybe you got to move Bi. I don't want to come and take this job unless he unless he's gone. But yeah, uh, I thought that was interesting. Putting him at number two again, restricted. But what will be the price tag? You're you're throwing out sort of 23. It sounds like per year. Shoot, Lee, I, I'm with you. I think his camp's like, come on. I'm 23 years old. I'm already an all-star. You traded me. You traded Anthony Davis to get me, basically. You know, um, you know. I, I just lock me up here. Let's let's yeah. go. So yeah, that would be fascinating. I, I if I'm a guessing man, I'm, I'm saying I'll bump up what you're saying a little bit more. I'll go like 25 mil, and maybe everybody's happy with that number. That just sounds like a nice number, right? 25 million a <laughs> year. Yeah, not bad. Hey, by the way, who's older, or who who do you think is older? I should say. Derek Favors uh, or Tristan Thompson? <laughs> These guys are both like somehow under thirty, yeah. Uh, but they both feel to me like they're closer to forty. Shoe, if you had to pick one, Favors or Tristan Thompson? Oh, I know Favors is twenty-eight. Thompson is. <laughs> is they're both, are they both the same age? Oh, wait, let's. I'm gonna look up. Do you know Tristan... the answer to this question? Well, I mean, it's. I mean, the answer is really subjective. Who do, Who do you just feel like is way <laughs> older? Yeah, Tristan Thompson's twenty-nine. Favors. Favors feels older, I think. Yeah. Oh, Favors feels like he's been around I mean, since like 2004. I, I mean, I remember talking to him as a rookie with the New Jersey Nets. So, like, Good point. you know, that's... That, that was when they were really bad, too, that one year when they were really, really bad. Um, so, yeah, I think he feels a little bit uh, right. older. Even though he's younger than Tristan Thompson by a year. But they both feel like they've been around 15 years easily, <laughs> easily. Um all right, well, let's keep it going here. Here's a fun question, looking at the entire list. I'll actually give the entire list for everybody just listening. It's Van Vliet, then it's Ingram 2, Gallinari at 3, Montrose Harrell at 4, Dragic at 5, Bogdan Bogdanovich at 6, Christian Wood at 7, Bertons at 8. We talked about him uh, recently on a Beach Steppin' podcast. Mello and Dwight Howard. Those are the 10 intriguing free agents to shoot, and then you sprinkle in a bunch of other guys sort of related. But Yeah, I kind of cheated. So, yeah, like, yeah, Mello and, and Dwight necessarily aren't in the top 10 but like i cheated to 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 link some related free agents to 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 certain guys so that i can put basically like 30 people on the list it's it's such a (laughs) what a trick there from shu but i wanted to ask you this shu pretend you're a gm which player on that list your list of those 10 guys would give you the most pause in like considering signing them and and maybe it's van vliet or ingram already or is it another guy like where do you like go "Mm, i like him but i don't know Dragic probably. I mean, he's thirty-five. He's injured currently. Um, I think that's it. I mean, that's it's basically age. I mean, obviously, like let's put Mello and Dwight to the side. Like okay. those two guys give me the most pause, obviously. <laughs> um, but in the t- as far as the legit, like these guys are are rotation players. Um, 
on good teams. I would, you know, I would say Dragic just because of the age and yeah. uh, injury history. I mean, not only did he hurt his foot, but I mean, he was lugging around a huge knee, a huge knee brace all season. So, yeah, like that's probably it. Yeah, the Heat are interesting. Let's get into them because you've got him, Crowder, Solomon Hill, Derek Jones Jr., Myers Leonard, and Haslam. Um, are <laughs> impending unrestricted free agents. Now they own, I think, the bird rights for all the all six of those players, so they can can exceed the salary cap if they want to resign their own guys. But then they've got the whole Bam thing and his extension. Like they obviously made the finals; they were a feel good story, number five seed. You know, riding that Jimmy Butler coffee wave all the way to the finals. But like, is there any concern if you're? And then of course they're worrying. They're looking ahead to 2021 for the real big names, possibly with Pat Riley, like Giannis and whoever. What do they do here? I think is the ultimate thing. Like, do you sort of try and keep the squad together? You know, including Drogic and and like, wow, we got something here. We could compete in the East and for a championship. Or is it like sort of one of these like, just lightning strikes in a bottle sort of in this bubble. Lightning strikes in a bubble here, and it's like, ah, uh, let's not get too excited with what happened here. What would what would you do, or what do you think, Shu? Oh, I wouldn't pass up the opportunity to go for it again. Like, I definitely wouldn't do that. But okay. I think. Maybe you do two things. One, before free agency opens, you are on the call, on the phone with a lot of different teams looking at if there's any upgrades you can make via trade without necessarily uh, hurting your cap space for 2021. So is there anybody on a one-year deal or one with one year remaining on their deal um, that you can grab from somebody? Uh, an Oladipo might be uh, right. an answer to that question. And then number two... If that's not available, then you try. I guess you try to bring it back. You know, option two is to bring it back on one-year deals for like Dragic primarily and Crowder to see if you can you know run it back without again tapping into next year's cap space. You know, I don't know exactly what that cap space would be, but I'm curious. Does does trying to preserve that cap space prevent them from? signing out of bio to an extension like i haven't even right. i haven't really thought about that too deeply but i think it might you know they might have to hold off on an extension um for him uh although i i'm, I'm looking at it now iguodala has a team option for 2021 22 so that sort of makes things a little bit simpler so maybe right. they i think they, they probably can sign out of bio to an extension uh this year that would kick in next year um and uh and still have the the max cap space that they're going to want next year. And of course, heck, they 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 got Jimmy Butler without max cap space last year, so right. maybe it doesn't matter. Right, right. What do you think, Lee? Well, I th- I think though that is one of the issues though that if they do extend out of bio now, it wouldn't in- eat into what they have for Giannis potentially next season. I think that's one of the sticking points that the Heat are potentially going to say, listen, just hold off. But his camp, Bam's camp, are going to be like, no, pay us now. We want that. Because, you know, a beat guy can get injured and, and obviously all those things are uncertain going forward. So, uh, you know, with Jimmy on his big deal as well, it's going to be very interesting to see how the Heat do bring it back next season. Because I, I agree, I think they should bring uh, Dragic back, but I wouldn't be offering him anything more than a one-year deal at this point. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what he's worth. I mean, he came off a pretty decent deal there with Miami, but... Um, I mean, he probably still gets ten to twelve million, I would think, on a one-year deal there. I would uh, think so. Yeah, you know, at least. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think Oladipo is, is that's you know throwing him out there because he's kind of linked to the Heat as well. I think he would be good as a sort of one-year 
option for them that is potentially also a, a almost a safety net if they don't get Giannis. Right. You know that Oladipo's still young and he's been there, and they can then maybe extend him. So, uh, but they always seem to figure out a way to get what they want. Miami as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, how is your relationship with Iguodala these days, uh, Shums? Because you and him used to have a uh, bit of a. That's my that's my guy. You yeah, know? We, it's all it's all good hearted. That's my guy. Like from back in his days in Philly, that that's been my guy. That's, he's uh can be ornery at times, I guess, oh, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> well, he's just like you, in, isn't he? Yeah. It's all in good fun. You know, like I like to come at him for, for his free throw shooting. And that's what and I was going to say. Whatever. Like he was an 82% free throw shooter at one point this season. I mean, okay, let's take this season off. Cause he was only there for a little bit of time. He shot 40%. He's down to like 58% the season before in God's sake. How does a guy get worse at that's shooting weird. free throws? It's a good question. I used to get on him about it too, and then he was really improved. And then he he made uh, that series they beat the Bulls in Philly. Didn't he make two free throws at the end to win mm-hmm. that game five? I believe it was. I think you're right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I used to get on him about his free throw shooting, and and he got better. And I don't know. He's he's. So are you I saying mean, he? You, are you saying he's declined at the free throw line because you're not there to get yeah, on? Yeah, that's yeah. probably it. Yeah. You know, I haven't. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm like Lee and uh, Steph Curry. You know, I'm his, I'm his free throw <laughs> shooting coach, his guru. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I used to hate like Lee. You could tell me that like he used to shoot it. There was one point where he was shooting it with a really Iguodala with a really yeah. high arc. Yeah. Like he would purposely put some extra arc on it, and I was like. That's just like giving it more chance to go awry. Like, is, unless you're in the well, you know, yeah, but but yeah, you want a more arc than a flatter free throw for sure. I mean, yeah, but there's a there's a happy medium. There. Yeah, there is, there is, there <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, I'm scraping the ceiling. <laughs> as soon as it hits iron, it's gone because it's got too much weight coming down. Yeah, yeah. you know the soft touch. Okay, well, uh, I didn't know this that you had this relationship with Iguodala. You got to get back on him for hitting these free throws. <laughs> And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. So, okay, does any, I don't know if anyone's firing up the trade machine here, but you guys are throwing around this idea of like, well, go get Oladipo, you know, go get him for a year. What What's yeah. that going to, you know, what's that going to take to entice the Pacers who, yeah, they might be, you know, handcuffed a little bit if Oladipo's already like, oh, I'm, I'm leaving here, guys. But can somebody put something together that makes sense? What do you got, Chu? You're shaking your head. Hero's too much, right? You're not trading yeah, Hero no. for him. Nope. You're trading Kendrick Nunn? Yeah, I would in a heartbeat. <laughs> Is that is that you know make the Pacers interested? If Oladipo says I'm out of here, like what what are they settling for? You know, right. I, I imagine there's other packages out there that are probably better than what the Heat can offer. I would think um, so. You know, are they gonna 
you know, there's they have Kendrick Nunn and what? You know, I don't know. Olenek. Olenek's contract. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Olenek, you have Sabonis and Turner. Yeah. You know, what are you doing with Kelly Olenek? Right. So. Move on from Turner if you're the Pacers. Oh, I mean, yeah, you, you mean where you could ship Olenek somewhere else, too. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's a good question. Pacers are just a, a fascinating team with what they do this year, just in, in general, both with Oladipo, with Sabon- with uh, Turner and Turner. Sabonis, with their coaching position. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're fascinating, too. They're a wild card. A couple of old guys you did have on your list there. We, we, we slipped them in. Mello and Dwight. Which one do you have more faith in? Like to be able to contribute, like let's say next season, sort of tough. Probably Dwight. Like I think you can get, like Dwight is going to give you defense and rebounding. I think you can count on that. Mm-hmm. Um, your Carmelo is there to, for offense, but he's not a a very efficient offensive scorer. Like even against, even alongside Lillard and McCollum, like he had some flurries of of. Uh, of offense but like overall over 82 games over 48 minutes he's not going to be um very efficient um you know he shoots a ton from mid-range and he's not doesn't rank uh very highly as a mid-range shooter i'll give you the stat that i uh included in there um you know the, he shot 40 percent from mid-range which was 60th among 84 players with at least 100 mid-range attempts so like hmm. It's like you think of him, hey, mellow mid-range, you know, he's money, money. from there. But, like, eh. You know, he yeah. had, like, what? didn't he hit, like, five in a row in one one of those playoff yeah. games? Yeah. And, like, <laughs> Lee was like, yeah, Melo just earned himself another contract. Like, well, hey, look at the look at the, look at at the the macro scale for a second. And, like, and, and my other thing with, with Melo is even in Portland, like, who, who other than Portland's going to want him, one? Mm. And if it's, like, hey, you know, he can always come back to Portland. Like, well, okay, what if? Uh, Ariza's healthy. What if Rodney Hood is healthy? What if Gary Trent is healthy? Mm. And what if Zach Collins is healthy? Like, okay, if 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 you need a bucket on a last minute possession, yeah, Melo's going to be one of the two guys on the floor with Lillard and McCollum and Nurkic. But over forty eight minutes, like, is what is his role compared to those other guys? Mm-hmm. And is he willing to play that role? You know, is he willing to? you know, play behind Ariza and Zach Collins. Like, I don't know. Guys, Melo's going back to MSG, baby. <laughs> Chris but, Paul's getting traded there. Then yeah, coming. Yeah. But, you know, I know when you pointed that out, uh, it just felt, though, that Melo, you know, he, he gave himself another chance in the league because it felt like he played better than the stats showed uh, for Portland. And, again, that sort of suited him where it's like, it's almost like Olympic Melo. Just sit in the corner, we'll throw you the ball and hit some threes because he seemed to do that. And the defense has always been awful, but when you compare it to how it ended in Houston to how it ended in Portland, I would say there's he's at least generated more interest in teams like we can have Melo, you know, somewhere on the roster anyway. Yeah, the, I think yeah, there's a role for him. The question is, is that role sat, satisfactory for him? Right. Like you know, right. is he is he okay? Like you know, we can't. He, I can't forget the. Oh, they think they want me to come off the bench. You know. Uh, you know, quote like mm-hmm. things like, "Yeah, we want you to come off the bench. Yeah, mm-hmm. be the second unit guy. Like, and be you know, like you're not. 
I mean, I like the guy. I love the guy. Like he's he's another guy that I got I've gotten to know covering like USA basketball and stuff, and I, I love him and I root for him. But like he's not. Let's the numbers just don't. When you look at it overall, you're gonna see the numbers just don't match up. And you need and you should have a more efficient scorer next to. I mean, if 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 you have Lillard and McCollum, and hey, maybe they don't keep both of those guys. Who knows? Um, you you need the other guys around them to score efficiently, to mm-hmm. shoot threes more than twos, uh, more than long twos to you know, and and to be really good on catch and shoot and and yeah, Melo is good for you know last second uh, you know Lillard's double teams, swing him the ball and he can get that to that one shot, one dribble pull up you know really good, but. Like I said, over 82 games, over 48 minutes, just the, the numbers don't really make a, a ton of sense. Do you think he's at the point in his career? I mean, I'm throwing it out there. I know we don't have the answer, but will he just start ring chasing at some point here? Like, will he just say, all right, uh, let me just get a ring. It's, not that he's not, he's not. He's going to the Hall of Fame as it is. I'm sure we all agree with that. But like, you know, go, go get one. Go find one. Maybe it's with LeBron in LA or something like that. Like his best chance at that or another team. Because he's kind of, I don't know. Maybe he does the Vince Carter thing. Maybe he never does it, right? Vince never caved to, to, to ring chase. He's like, no, I want to keep playing or trying to get minutes here or there and obviously help young guys and stuff like that. He never did it. So maybe Melo follows that route as well. But I don't know. At some point, I just feel like Melo's... Just for that resume, he's got all the gold, the Olympic golds, and obviously he's got a lot of accolades, like in All-Stars and All-NBAs and, and huge point totals. Get a ring. Get a Mitch Richmond ring at the end of your career there, uh, Mello. I don't know. I don't, could be in play. Yeah, I'm not going to try to pretend to know what he's what's in his head as far as what he wants. Right. Yeah, we'll see. Um uh, within this article, you had like, because uh, you're a numbers guy, you're always uh, keeping us honest, and uh, and I think you're one of the best at it. I will say that you know uh, Hollinger's incredible. I mean, guys that can write about the numbers, but like make it accessible. I think to a lot of people. So again, kudos for you. You've been doing it a long time, just like Hollinger. It's all the Johns and Pelton and stuff like that. Um, but you had numbers to know. Was there a favorite number to know in the article, and, and like why would you pick that one out? Uh, it's. Davis Bertans, 65, he had 65 uh, three-pointers in the first six seconds of the shot clock, which led the league and was 11 more than any other player. J.J. Redick was second with 54. Wow. Um, And I like it because it sort of tells you who Davis Bertans is. Like, it it clip, it's like... That is Davis Bertans. Like you can, right. and you can envision like Ish Smith dribbling up the middle of the floor, Bertans running up the sideline on either side or whatever. Smith passes the ball. He catches the ball twenty nine feet from the basket and just <laughs> lets it fly lets it immediately. Like, right. and that's I mean that's who it is. Like that's amazing. Like he didn't play in the in the seeding games. He came off the bench and he had eleven more threes in the first six seconds of the shot clock than anybody else in the league. Like that is <laughs> wow. I mean it's I mean that's who it is. Like I remember watching one game, he dude came on the floor and like literally three seconds later he had already shot a three. And it was <laughs> Did he hit like eight in a row or something against the Hornets, I think it was? Uh, I forget. Uh, but something yeah, he, like that. <laughs> he yeah, he's uh, he's a he's a gem. He's so a joy, we, we, joy to watch. We talked about him. What, what's what's Bertans worth? I mean, because I, I, you know, he is instant offense, but that's it. I, from from what I saw of Bertans, there's no defense, there's no rebounding, there's no uh, facilitating an offense. It's literally like if you throw him the ball, he's going to fire away, and he's not a bad shooter. He's a good shooter, but 
what is a guy like that worth? It's a good question. I don't know. Um, it's got to be. I imagine it's north of ten a year. Yes, I think so. I mean, because I mean, because he's and he's not a shooter that like needs space or you know he because he's so big. Mm-hmm. He's got a high release and a quick release that he, he you can <laughs> like. It's not like oh that you can you can uh, sort of negate Duncan Robinson a little bit by just staying in his shirt. Like you can be in Dunk in Davis Bertan's shirt and he's still going to shoot. Oh yeah. Um. So. Like there's value in that, and I think he's a really good fit. If 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 the Wizards keep uh, Beal and Wall, then he's a good fit um, along those alongside those two guys. He's obviously a you know one of those guys that would fit really well along uh, uh, alongside a team with a star or a two star. Yeah, I mean, he's high volume, uh, high percentage three point shooter. We we were saying it on the last podcast talking about him. Um, I mean, he was putting up these numbers. Now, yeah, you're saying, Lee, this is the Wizards. They didn't play a lick of defense. I mean, it's almost like a pointless season. You know, Beal's going for 30-plus. It was just like, let's have play glorified pickup basketball. I, I do agree with that. But at the same time, he was putting up all these numbers, Bertans was, with Ish Smith, who I like, solid, whatever. Shabazz Napier as your point guard. Basically, Beal as your point guard a lot of the time. I'd love to see what he could do with John Wall, who is... Uh, I think oddly underrated as a playmaker. I think it's probably because we haven't seen him play in so long or feels like it's been a decade since we've seen John Wall play. And you think of him just like super fast and and still of a scorer that can struggle with his shot. But he's a hell of a playmaker. I know he's always up there in assists per game. So I would just like to see him. I think the Wizards are um, definitely committed to bringing him back, whatever that deal is. Because there was almost uh, an agreement to, correct me if I'm wrong, like with you said it, him not even playing in the in the bubble games it's like we're so far back of even forcing this mega bowl game you know like don't worry about it like you're you're i i think that was like an agreement of like hey we're with you we want you for the long term here when we get wall back and we got beal that, that's sort of how i read it so i think he will be there at whatever price they agree on you would think so but that doesn't mean other teams won't you know won't come calling true um true yeah so I think I, I like there's just value in a guy that one can shoot and two is going to shoot quick because those dudes scare the bleep out of opposing defenses, right? Yep. And so it's not only their value in in their own shooting, but in the gravity that they that they have and and the things that they open up. We saw that with Robinson, obviously, yeah, um, quite a bit. Do you yeah. think that? Do you think the Bucks do come calling then at all? I mean, that's a good question. Um, I mean, they don't have cap space, I don't think. No, but I just wonder if they make a few moves because of how things ended there. I mean. I, I, you know, does Corva come back? I doubt it. Uh, I You'd mean, have I, to be moving Bledsoe. In yeah, some Bledsoe. Sort of I think yeah. they. I think they try to tweak something because if they want to convince Giannis that they're going for it, they kind of have to make some move. Now, I'm not sure if Bertans, <laughs> you know, moves hey, Giannis, the needle for them. We want you them. to stay. We got this guy. Yeah, yeah. Jack but, threes, but, give him the ball. but you know, at least you know. Again, he's the guy on the floor at the end of the game where you know Giannis can throw the ball to him and he's gonna he's gonna shoot it. Uh, he's going to shoot it no matter what. He's just, he's just such. It's it's such a a weird season for him because of what happened in Washington, where they were they were scoring at just a ton of points. Everyone was scoring, but they were getting killed, and and, and there was no defense. But he might have used that as a platform to really cash in. So, is he inflated? Is his value inflated, or is he actually a decent shooter and a decent player, and, and can contribute to a good team? You know, who really really needs a player like that is Philadelphia. They need a mm, dude oh, that yeah. can just shoot and shoot right away like yeah. i remember talking to somebody like they need if they're gonna have Embiid and simmons two guys that that 
shouldn't be shooting from the outside. I know Embiid does, but yeah. really, you know, he's so much better inside than outside. They need multiple guys that can run around the run around, create havoc, and just keep shooting. Obviously, they miss uh, they miss Redick incredibly right. this past season, and that's why. Uh... For the last couple of years, it feels like Clay Thompson's name comes up as like a dream scenario for Sixers fans, like that type of guy, like you're saying, shoes. So it's like, you know, Bertans is the super super poor man's version, I would say, of Clay Thompson offensively. But that that makes a lot of sense from your list because we're talking about like Van Vliet. Okay, he maybe stays with the Raptors. Ingram, we think he stays with the Pelicans. Um, even Bertans, you know, it sounds like you sort of agree that he probably could be staying with the Wizards. But of your guys on this list. If you were putting money on one of these guys changing teams, Shu, like who would you be laying some coin on that they're like, you know, this guy will not be with the team he currently is on uh, when he plays next season? Who would you put it on? Uh, maybe Bogdanovich. Bogdan Bogdanovich. Really? Well, well, here's the thing. Like, unless they're trading, unless the Kings are trading Buddy Heald, like, because Buddy Heald is their highest paid player. His extension kicks in this year mm-hmm. at... Four years and uh, eighty-four, wasn't it? A- yeah, eighty-eight million dollars. Wow. Uh, Darren Fox is eligible for an extension uh, that would start next year. Mm-hmm. So he's 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 on in the last year of his rookie deal. And, and so, are you going to commit a ton of money to three backcourt guys for a team that finished twelfth in the in the West this year and ne- isn't necessarily going to make the playoffs? Um, next year, like that's a lot of money to commit to three guys who are, you know, in the in you know don't all play the same position, obviously, but you know, Heald and Bogdanovich play the same position, and and those three guys barely played. Like I looked to see like how many total minutes those three guys played together. It was like two hundred or something this wow. past season, so it's not a lot. Um, so that's a lot. I mean, and they have a new GM. Um, Monty mm-hmm. McNair, who came over from the the Rockets, so I don't know, you know, obviously that you know switches things up. Who mm-hmm. knows, you know, how he feels about Heald versus Bogdanovich? Um, you know, yeah. His, see, that's isn't evaluation. that the question? It's like which one of those two guys do you keep? Yeah, Bogdanovich um, or Heald, and like you're saying, do you try and trade Heald? Like, are we trading the guy that won't return our texts? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, who, are, who wants to go somewhere else? Yeah. Who, liked, who liked when someone proposed him going to Philadelphia on uh, right, Instagram? Right, that's why I was sort of shocked <laughs> yeah. when you said Bogdanovich because I'm actually I'm con- see, I guess I'm just convinced the Kings say no, we want to keep him, sign him, and and look to move uh, Buddy Heald, but maybe not. Well, trading is a lot easier said than done. Trading True. a guy on a on a twenty five million dollar contract is a lot. You know, eighty. You know, twenty-five next season, but eighty-eight over four. Um, that's a big commitment to make for a guy who hasn't. You know, Buddy Heald is a, a great shooter and would be a good fit in certain spots, but mm-hmm. it's not like he's played for a winner yet. We don't no. know. You know, so um, just because you know, uh, letting Bogdanovich walk is a sort of a simpler move than than trading Buddy Heald. Um, I guess that would be it. Cause like, I, I mean, I, I, oh, I guess, you know what? You know, we forgot, uh, Gallinari. He's yeah, the obvious. That was my pick. Yeah, my bad. I wasn't, I, I, I skipped over uh, Gallinari when I was looking at that list when you asked that question. So he's the obvious one that's going to move. He's not 
Uh, I mean, he didn't he tweet out today, yeah. like, "Hey, yeah. where am I going next?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It showed him, him, him pictures in on all of his uniforms so far, and then in the middle is him with a completely blank uniform jersey, <laughs> like a like a literally an NBA team. Yeah, so it, like, it, yeah. it was definitely. I'm not coming back to Oklahoma City. You know, like there was nothing like, "Hey, you know." Looking to run it back, you know, it was, hey, where am I going next? So Gallinari is your obvious answer. Okay. Um, and it will be interesting to see. Um, you know, he's 32. Um, but like I wrote, like he's one of four guys uh, who have shot uh, 40% or better on at least 300 threes in each of the last two uh, seasons. So wow. um, it's he's and if and like I said, if you want good uh, uh, uh a good offensive team, you need a four who can shoot, and he's that dude, right? Mm-hmm. Like he is that guy who can, uh, who space the floor at the four position. Isn't the defensive necessarily the defensive liability that a Bertans is? So, uh, you know, he he could be a really good fit. Um, it's just a question of is he going to get a long term deal? Um, would he just hey hey I'll take the mid level from the best team that wants me, right. you know, type of thing, um, and then we'll play again next year. Uh, maybe that's what he does. We'll see. What, what do you think, Lee? Any predictions on a Gallinari, or where would you like to see him, or where does he fit? Right. Well, again, yeah, on a contender uh, that that needs another guy who can shoot because he was really good for the Thunder. I thought in the playoffs uh, at times down there in the bubble. You know, a couple of games there uh, against the Rockets, he was really, really good. So, I mean, someone like Philadelphia could probably use him as well. Milwaukee again. I'm sort of throwing the Bucks out there a little bit again. Uh, because he, he is a sort of guy who offensively is very, very good and uh, and, he, and he's capable of spreading the floor. So, um, you know, who else is there sort of contending? I wonder if uh, I wonder if he'd be a good fit in Brooklyn too, um, alongside uh, Kevin and, uh, and Kyrie up there, another mm. experienced guy. I mean, that might be it. I think JD's actually got the uh, tweet there that he put out this morning. There oh it is. Oh, my there. God, that yeah. is amazing. Oh, that's that's a very uh, Brooklyn Nets-like fake yeah, Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, the Nets the Nets are, of course, a bit of an unknown uh, quantity until we see them on the floor, but they'd be looking for veterans, I think, who, um, you know, they can rely on at the end of games who, you know, I mean, you know the ball's going to be in Kyrie or KD's hands, but there's going to be those moments where uh, a guy like him on the floor, if you, if you leave Gallinari open, he's going to be pretty reliable at knocking down those shots, so... You know, yeah, I think uh, I think one of those teams that's that feels that it's close um, to 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 winning the championship would like him. Seeing uh, Gallinari there in a Nuggets jersey made me think of something when we were talking mellow that I wanted to ask both of you. Did you see the Nuggets tweet about who's the greatest <laughs> Nuggets player of all time and their little graphic? Matumbo, Alex English. I think Nick's Van Exel made the, the made the graphic even, but of course, yeah. why I'm asking this, getting to this, no mellow. What do you think, Shu? I mean, the ultimate disrespect, or just like the fact, like, hey man, he's still playing. We can't put him on the graphic. No, that was some unnecessary shade. Ooh. Completely, completely unnecessary. And I don't know if it, it was intent, like how intentional it was, but right. it, like, come on, it's, it's you know, silly. What do you think, Lee? I'm trying. I'm trying to th- uh, see who it was because uh, I remember. It, they, they, you know, they were good players. I think Chauncey Billups even made it. Yeah, I Didn't think Billups was on yeah. there. Was Jokic uh, maybe on there? Yeah, too? Jokic was yeah. on there too. Yeah. So you know, I mean, Alex English. Like, it's hard to bump him off. I mean, he was. Uh, no one scored more points in the entire decade of the 80s than Alex English, so he gets on there. Well, hold on. I'm saying I couldn't believe Nick Van Exel. I'm a big Nick Van Exel fan. I got a Lakers Nick Van Exel jersey, but. Uh... 
yeah, he no, was awesome. Be on on my, my guess is like whoever, whatever intern or guy that was doing this Photoshop is like, well, we can't put Mello on here, right? Because he's like, yeah. I don't know, is that tampering? Can we be somehow tampering if we put him on this thing? Uh, it's just uh, there it is right here. It's Van Exel, Matumbo, English, Jokic, and Billis. Okay, we got them all. Who is your favorite nugget of all time? Oh, the question is just straight up yeah. favorite nugget. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. I like McDonald's personally. Uh, nice 10 pack, <laughs> a couple sweet and sour sauces, but, uh, yeah, the disrespect the shade. Okay. I'm with, Sh- I'm with Schumann. That's shade. Lee, you're trying to like say, Oh, I don't know. All these guys deserve to be on the list. Well, put another one on, put mellow on. Mm, I don't Chauncey, know who Chauncey was on the nuggets for like two and a half years. Hey, don't yeah. worry about it. He was great. Yeah, but they went to the conference finals with him. So, yeah. <laughs> and mellow. Yeah. 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 But I'm just saying, you know, like. Like Alex English, that's the spot for Mello. It's hard to bump Alex English off that spot. I mean, no, you know. again, it's Van Exel that you would be taking <laughs> off, not Alex English. Stop saying that, please. Uh, all right, a couple more questions that we got to let you go here. Um, you know, as I said at the top there, you had these 10 guys, but you got sneaky with it. You basically had like 30 guys sort of sprinkled into this whole thing. Who is the most intriguing related free agent? Because you do have that with each guy, like that you tacked on in this article, like that you're like, okay, yeah, like that is. That's a fascinating question uh, about this guy's free agency. Who you got? Well, I mean, I think the the most important is Joe Harris, just in, because you know I tacked him onto uh, Bertans just because of their you know off ball shooting. Yeah. Um, because he one he plays for a team that's trying to contend for a title uh, yep. next year, and he is an ideal complement next to Irving and Durant. Um, I'm I'm also intrigued by Harry Giles. Like I think he's this is a dude that was like I think at one point coming out of high school maybe he was the best player in his class. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously had injury history, um, missed his entire rookie season, um, and then last year the the Kings uh, declined his fourth year option, which means he's an unrestricted free agent this year. Um, he's still young. And like there were times this year where I was watching, I was like, "Oh, he's pretty good." Like he he was a nice, like sort of versatile big, um, can do things on both ends of the floor. I think he was sort of can be you know long and disruptive defensively. Um, I think for him, like he's got to be able to shoot some threes. Like he's got to be able to step out and and shoot threes, especially um, if he if he wants to sort of be the more versatile kind of big that you would expect a guy who could play four or five, like play five on a second unit, play four, um, you know, if you've got a bigger five. So I'm kind of curious as to see what happens with him. Like he's got, he's got some talent. He's got some bounce. Um, he's a, he's a guy that, you know, has fallen pretty hard since where he was. Um, but I think has the ability to bounce back up and uh, obviously it would be, you know, with with all these guys on the Kings, it would be interesting to see them um, in an environment that's not uh, a team with the second longest playoff drought in in NBA history. Yeah, it would be nice. Also, wicked to have a guy named Harry balling out. Not a lot of Harrys that I can remember in uh, in NBA history. You know, and Harry Harrison, Ga- Harrison Gall- Barnes does. Was Go there ahead. a Harry Gallatin or something like that? That's Harry. a Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, okay. I just looked it up. Harry Gallatin, uh, aka the horse, aka the farmer. Harry Gallatin <laughs> from Illinois, Roxana, Illinois. I wonder if mm. Trey, know, uh, Trey Kirby's dad knows him or something like that. Um, yeah, I guess he is a Hall of Famer. 1991, he went in, played for the Bullets and the Knicks. 
So, yeah, we need another great Harry in our lives. Mm. So Harry Giles uh, would be nice. Okay, let's wrap it up like this, Chu. What's your boldest free agency prediction here? You can go anywhere you want with this. Give us something spicy. I don't know if I have anything, but I, I do think the trade market will be spicier than the free agency market. Okay. Um, you know, with guys like, uh, obviously, Chris Paul at the top of the list as a potential trade. You know, the fact that, you know, the Thunder parted ways with Billy Donovan is a clear sign that um, they're going in a different direction. Um, letting Gallinari walk is obviously an easier thing to do than trading Chris Paul, but mm-hmm. um, there's certainly be some teams in the market. And if he goes to Milwaukee, well, then that becomes really, really interesting um, if they could put together a deal. And then you have Oladipo, as we mentioned. You have uh, Holiday, as we mentioned, as a possible trade target for some of these teams. Um, so I, I just think the trade market's going to be more interesting than the free agency market. Um, I'm glad we could dedicate an hour here to, to, to the... <laughs> to the worst free agency class of all time. Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of amazing <laughs> that we've been able to talk this long about this free agency free agent list with Mello and Dwight Howard <laughs> in the top 10. <laughs> in 2021, we're still talking um, about these two guys. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, okay, so that your take is that just we will see, in, in theory, some some juicy trades, some big names at least being moved around. I think, that, well, obviously there's a potential for that. Yeah. Um, like I said, trading a guy with a that's making $40 million is a lot easier said than done. But, um, yeah, the potential is there for some teams, especially just with... I think next year is going to be wide open. So like, yeah. you know, like the Lakers aren't unbeatable whatsoever. Mm. Um, and the East was obviously wide open and the, the Nets we are an unknown. Yeah. Um, so, and the Warriors are, are coming back, but they're obviously missing a big piece from the last time they won. So um, I think things will be wide open and, and things will, teams will want to go for it. And there a way to go for it is to make a trade. And, yeah. and shuffle the deck. Do you think the Sixers trade one of their big names? I don't think so. I think they got to give Doc a chance to yeah. let those two guys yeah. work together. Um, but they, you know, if they've got to do everything they can to get off of the Horford contract, um, you know, I, I, yeah, he's been one of my favorite players the last several years. But they just need so they. It's a tough question. I mean. Even if even if you just start with Embiid and Simmons, it's a tough deal. Like, are you playing mm. three, two guys inside and three out? Or is Embiid out? Is Simmons out? <laughs> like, is it is you know like the ideal is is you put four shooters around or four guys around one hub, right? Right. Like, yeah. Both of those guys should be a hub, not the the other. What you know, they're they're the hub aspect of it and not the the shooting and the same thing with Horford so that's why obviously that you know didn't really work um so yeah they're I uh, I think they definitely give Doc a chance to to let those two guys uh or, or you know, a chance to see to shuffle the deck as far as how they play um the question is how much can they shuffle the deck as far as the supporting cast right right yeah. right and uh and if you can convince the Kings to take Al Horford for Buddy Hield um good luck with that but you know, maybe yeah. attach something to it, and that, and that intrigues them enough, especially if they, uh, like you already talked about, they're like, well, we got too many damn guards. Sure, let's bring in old vet Al Horford. And again, they would have to, I would think, <laughs> Sixers have to attach a young 
prospect. I mean, I can't imagine they're parting ways with Dybul or something like that. Uh, I don't how many know, how many years in a row has Horford been to the playoffs? That'd be a uh... oh yeah. Oh wow, it would be the JJ so Redick situation. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, wow, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, he must have. He's been there all because right. He was yeah, with the Boston. Hawks, yep. the Hawks went Hawks. every year for five years, I guess, and then. I think even yeah. longer. Oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six straight. So since 2013, 2014 was the last time he missed. It. Oh wow! Six I thought it was years. longer than that. If I'm being honest. All right, we will see. Uh, Shu, thank you so much, man, for jumping on here. Uh, you're right. I can't believe we went an hour plus on uh, <laughs> on this uh, <laughs> article that probably took you 10 minutes to whip together. No, but I really appreciate it. Where can uh, where can people follow you? What's the easiest way, Shu? Oh, Twitter: J O H N S C H U H M A N N. That's the uh, German spelling. Of, yeah, that second uh, H. Oh that God. second H Schumann, gets you. Schumann, I can't stand your name. I love saying it. <laughs> I hate writing it. I have to check every time I go to spell your name. I, I've the second name. H is kind of rare. Yeah, there's probably yeah. more more people out there with on, with only the the first H. But, yeah. yeah. Unless yeah. you go around Louisville, if you do a little. Uh, Facebook search of Schumann with the second H and you'll see a lot of people around the, the, the city of Louisville. Oh, wow. Okay. There you go. I did. You go. Uh, hashtag will actually be there uh, on the spelling of the name. Uh, have you played? Um, I, I'm sure the answer is no because you're, you're not an idiot, but uh, you've been at least staying uh, busy getting some shots up on some sort of net shoe. Like how's the I jumper have, looking? I have touched the basketball once. It was like three weeks ago. There was a Sunday afternoon. I went to a park and shot by myself. And yeah, I miss indoor... <laughs> my indoor pickup run yeah. desperately but it, it sucks i mean it, you know it you know, it's like yeah every you know we were sort of limit living in this new reality and trying to make the most of it but then every once in a while you think man, man i haven't played basketball since march it's depressing it, freaking sucks it, it really is uh, i know there are a lot of uh, more important things in the world to worry about but it is uh, depressing i'm sure a lot of listeners uh, are hoopers as well and it's uh it's tough not to have that lily i know you're trying to get oh, the yeah. odd shot up with your boys out in the backyard or whatever in the driveway but it's not the same yeah. is it no, you're just no, kicking no. their ass yeah yeah we have a mini hoop and that that i'm, I'm firing away on but yeah it's it's not the same but I've but i'm surprised they've even got the hoops up there hoop shoot because yeah here in atlanta there's no hoops on any public yeah. outdoor rims they put them back up. They were down for a while, and then they put them back up. Like I wouldn't go play against anybody. No. Like, but here, you know, you can find a park on the random afternoon that's empty. Especially right. me. I mean, I don't have a real job, so I can go whenever <laughs> and go in the middle of the day. Uh, I've actually turned into more of a runner than than a basketball player. There you go. There you go. I did my long. You'll be proud of me. I did my longest run, maybe of my life. The other day my last run was seven miles in fact i'm fixing to go out right after we're done here wow seven miles i ran ran more than an hour which is seemed uh, you know me from six months ago would be like that's just stupid why would you have, run so first? you've obviously hit the part where you like i assume like doing it now or you so almost feel like you need to do it is that fair yeah. to say oh oh right? yeah, yeah 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 definitely like i yeah i mean once the the season shut down in march i was like all right i guess i'm gonna exercise every day and then it becomes a habit yeah, you know, I alternate the the runs with the regular workouts. And Good for you. Do you have a goal in mind, like moving forward? Like, are you going to try and run a half marathon no, or something? No, no, no. Just I've done five Ks, and I guess I could do a ten K now. Yep, like, you I could. guess I have that ability. But no, I have no. Like, I would do that. The only reason I would care to do it is hey, it's a charity thing, and yep. it's a local, you know, thing. And of course, we can't do that now. It's all, yeah. you know, the virtual not you know stuff so 
But you know, yeah, I figured you'd be you'd be proud of me running. Very proud. Running five or six miles uh, every other day. Are you listening to music, nothing, uh, or podcasts while you're running? Either music or podcasts. If okay. I have, uh, if my pat, if I'm backed up on my podcasts, I'll listen to that, and then otherwise, I have a a, a running mix that I. Uh, I listen to. I can't do the Flannery thing. Like that dude's just nuts. He listens to nothing. He go, he runs. He runs like fifty miles listening to absolutely nothing. It's, and it's, I think it's he incredible. Is, he is. He is just loony. He's also like out the door at like four a.m. and it's like ten o'clock and he's been running for six hours off in the woods. Like you said, like the you know elevation and fifty miles and you're like it's. I mean, I'm a runner, but that is next level stuff. Like it's uh, you know it's meditation. I get that for some for for you know both male and female runners and stuff like that but wow guy's nuts guy's nuts all right anyway we're rambling now um <laughs> shoot thank you so much get your questions in for this week's beach step in podcast we have locked that in we're going to do it at the end of the week so you got lots of time email them in no dunks at the athletic.com or you can tweet them in at no dunks inc go grab your no dunks merchandise at no dunks.com got the t-shirts and the pins for you there subscribe to the athletic still a dollar a month can't believe it go to the athletic.com slash no dunks for that offer tass JD and I will be back tomorrow, Wednesday, with a special guest, Ben Standig uh, from The Athletic. We're going to break down The Athletic's actually doing the first NBA agents survey to get an idea of where they think the NBA is headed and uh, where it is right now and uh, talking about players and stuff like that. So that'll be fun. We'll do a little breakdown of that. So check that tomorrow. Subscribe to the podcast. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Let's uh, let's put Schumann on the spot here, filling in for Tass. You got uh, any wise words or some weird quote for us to end this bad boy? Oh, good question. Um, I'll just say this: if everybody's watching on big pun forever, I brought, I wore, you know, I, I I didn't drop any tasty puns on this podcast, but I'm wearing <laughs> I am wearing my big pun podcast, uh, my big pun T-shirt just for uh, for you guys. Embrace the day, people. <laughs> you could-